Blog Talk Radio. All right, folks, so we're having a little technical problems at this time. Uh, we will be back. And I am trying uh, to get the 347-857-2950 number working. Uh, in the meantime, take a listen to this. Now, recently, on behalf of HLN and In Session on our sister network, True TV, I sat down with a roundtable of experts to discuss the case and Michael Jackson's life. On that panel, investigative reporter Diane Diamond, Anthony DeCurtis, contributing editor for Rolling Stone, Jackson's former bodyguard, Mike Garcia, and one of his best friends, Steve Manning. First up, we talk about Jackson's molestation trial to help us find out who was the real Michael Jackson. Let's take it to the trial. And as Mike just said, Mike, you, you feel that trial should have never happened. No. Diane, what did you think? Well, um... I'm listening to what the former employees and friends uh, of Michael have said about him never wanting to go back to Neverland because he felt raped. I know some members of the prosecution team who would say he didn't want to go back because he had been exposed. I, I'm not saying that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. A judge, a jury ruled that he was not. Thank you. Glenn. But Absolutely. in my book, if you knew him, I outline several years worth of interviews that I did with lots of young boys and their families that were too afraid to come forward and press charges that all told the same kind of story of how the child was manipulated to come and see Michael Jackson, manipulated to be alone with Michael Jackson, and maybe the adults in their lives were overprotective or overreacting. But Michael Jackson made the first charges go away, as I outline in the book, by paying $30 million. Who does that? And don't tell me he had a lot of money then, because he wasn't working at that. It could have been some legal advice. Who? Mrs. Jackson um, bought Johnny Cochran. I had a conversation with Johnny Cochran personally about this. Mrs. Jackson bought him in late before they settled that, and he begged not to settle it, but he wanted to just go away. Right. And, he, he, and he regretted that later That on. is just no. not true. Johnny no. Cochran and Howard Weitzman negotiated that monetary settlement with and the Johnny first Cochran young boy. And Johnny Cochran asked him not to sell Don't, to Jackson that, That's him. just, but that's just not well, a fact. But the last thing that you're saying is that you're saying, because because Jackson bought him. I was with him when he went to the lawyers and things like that. And there you were there in 1993? No, I was not there in 1993. I was there in 1993. But the things that you're saying is hearsay. No, no, no. I've been with him with lawyers, and I know that he... He did, like, like what he's I'm not, saying. I'm not going to speak late Johnny Cochran. He told me, Mr. Jackson did bring him in like that. Right. He's begging not to sell. He's going to go away. I just, right. Ryan, well, that is well, not that's, the This is what I was told Johnny Cochran personally by his mom. Absolutely. So uh, I'll leave it like that. Mm -hmm. Mike, what, you're saying that what Diane is saying is hearsay. Why? What did you learn well, from she's Michael saying Jackson? Everything that, that, the information she is saying is things from second hand. Like I said, if you knew Mr. Jackson, you know he didn't do it. Okay, so then what's the Mike, real story? I Why do we know that? I sat and talked with young boys. I sat and talked to their families. That's not secondhand. If you That's knew Mr. Jackson, you knew he didn't do it. You That's knew his not junk nature, hand. and you knew that and he And you was weren't there in 1993, was, and I was. You know what I mean? When did you first start working for Michael Jackson? When did you first start working for him? Did you work for him? In 06. Okay, he wasn't even at Neverland then. Mr. Jackson, you knew that he didn't do it. You, you were not even around when he lived at Neverland. talking about kids or, you know, and families, like, they're not bringing suit. They're not doing anything. Like, what is motivating them? Well, who, who's not to say that their parents didn't push them on? You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that could have happened. I mean, That's you, right. You're, 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 you
Because I'm going to be honest, I get asked that question a lot. When people find out that I was with Mr. Jackson and things like that, do you think he did it? Absolutely not. He was a very gentle man. Diane, isn't it true, Diane, that the, that the Ryan father was, was I mean, there was a, had pushed him this whole thing, charges, he later admitted that, that his father made him put those charges? No, that is not true. That oh, was put out on the internet that the first young man recanted, which was absolutely not true. That came out after his father committed suicide. And, and people said, oh, look, his father committed suicide. See, Chandler's gone. It was all a hoax. Mr. Chandler committed suicide because he had a degenerative disease that was robbing him of his ability to stand up, to speak, to swallow, or to well, think. I wish you could have went to Neverland as in your family. It was something for family. It was a beautiful place. Our news is I'm sure it was I'm a beautiful sorry, place. I'm sorry you could have But Mike, Mike, with all due respect, mm -hmm. you started working for him in 2006. Right. He didn't even live at Neverland. Right. You don't know what went on at Neverland. Uh, I don't either. You know, you know, I just know the people I spoke when you, to. When, you, when you're that embedded hand. with somebody 24 hours a day, like I said, there was no entourage. There was no entourage. It was us, Mr. Jackson, and the kids. And when, you, when, you, when you're embedded with somebody like that, you pick up on things. I have a great attention to detail. Okay? I, watch body, you know, I watch how everybody does everything. There's no way that he did it. There's, there's absolutely no way. And, and him being a child himself, you, know, you want to talk about his house and the, at Neverland, he had this and he had that. He probably had it for himself first. You know, oh, absolutely. But no, Ron, the bottom line is, like I said earlier, the trial killed him. That drained him. Drained he was, him. He was dead already. And he saw a lot of things as far as how people um, turned, turned against him. Absolutely. Turned their backs against him. I mean, I, I, I heard that there was, was a party, you know, after the trial, and it was supposed to be a thousand people, and only 200 showed up. And he saw a lot of things. He saw a lot of people's true colors. And it was, you know, yeah, he did, yeah. you know I, I mean, honestly, we didn't get paid for several months. And that, we stayed with the guy because we saw his naiveness and the way uh, he was being treated by me I, and everybody else. And the control. The, the, guy, the guy was, you know, a heart of gold. Let, let me ask this of both of you. You both spent a lot of time with Michael. Did Michael ever spend time alone with boys? The rumors that he was in bed with boys? I never other seen that. I never seen you, you never saw any no, of that? The only children I saw him with was his, his own, and he was a and great father. Family. And the kids. And you, and you do know, Ryan, if indeed the charges were true, and now let me say it this way. You do know, Ryan, that a child molester does not molest in front of other people. They're very secretive. They're very crafty. Anybody at the FBI who wrote the profile on what a pedophile is will tell you that they are the most charming, fascinating, engaging people in all of criminal, criminal life. Mm -hmm. They first must seduce the parent to get to the child. I'm not saying Michael Jackson was a pedophile, but to say, oh golly, he is such a nice guy and he's so sweet and he's like a child himself, that's that could also be a crafty subterfuge and so for what he was really all about. As well, but Diane, for all I mean, that you're going second hand knowledge. The Santa I look Barbara at both sides to everything, and I know that angers some people. Yeah, yeah, but, but the Santa Barbara jury found found him not and, guilty. And that's a good Absolutely. point, Steve. Yeah. And that's Absolutely. a good point. So Diane, why was he found not guilty? Though? Because I think the state did not prove its case. I sat in that court every single day, and the case that was filed became so complicated with conspiracies and phone numbers and phone trees and this and that, they forgot to just tell the story and let the jury decide on that. Charges. I mean, an all-white jury, too, in Santa Barbara? I mean, a, a, a black guy? It wasn't in Santa Barbara, first of all. It was in Santa Maria. It's 120 miles north of Santa Barbara. All right, well, let's... I'll ask just one other question. And Steve and Mike, let me get your thoughts on this. It's now, as Diane's saying, it's been documented 
that he paid families what? of children that accused him of child molestation. So the question... She said they didn't come forward, she said. One family, the guy Ryan. Okay, but, okay, but let's assume it's one family then. Assuming that, I think the question that would occur to a lot of people, guys, is why would you pay somebody off for something that you didn't do? Well, he regretted that he, he settled that case. He regretted that to this day. Yeah. He, he, he regretted that. that he, uh, he should have let it, let it go to trial. It's like the first one vindicated. Second trial vindicated. He wished he did the thing with the Ryan case. And you know what? I think that's a very good point uh, because if he had not settled the first trial and it, uh, the first case and it had gone to trial, I don't think there ever would have been a second one. He made himself a target by paying $30 million to a boy's family. Every uh, ne'er-do-well in America could have come forward and said, hey, look, he pays people. Let's go file a false claim. There weren't any for 10 years. And in 2003, a young boy suffering from cancer alleges that Michael Jackson did untoward things to him. A jury found him not guilty, and I say that's the way we need to remember Michael Jackson. Thank you. He was a genius. He was a talented genius and a tortured soul. Up next. They all came, you know, came right through the gate, you know, basically almost knocking down the gate. So, you know, they did reach out to him. The Jackson family stages a drug intervention at the King of Pops Vegas home. At Aviva, we wonder why other life insurance companies treat you like a policy, not a person. Instead of getting to know you, they simply assign you a number. Aviva is here to change all that. We're bringing humanity back to insurance and putting people before policies. Aviva Life Insurance and Annuities. We are building insurance around you. Nature Valley Sweet and Salty Nut Bars. They're made from whole roasted nuts and dipped in creamy peanut butter. Making your craving for a sweet and salty bar irresistible by Nature Valley. Hey guys, so it's 10 minutes. We're going to head back down the hill. Down the okay. report as we examine who was the real Michael Jackson. You see, we all know the performer. He was a pre-teen sensation with the Jackson 5. He wowed the world with his off-the-wall and thriller and bad albums. But what about the man behind those hit songs and those unbelievable dance moves? Well, our roundtable panel takes a closer look at the King of Pop's drug problem. He's in pain. And he takes these drugs. Did, how did he feel about that? Though? I mean, this is you're saying that all the time he, he, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't like, like it, he didn't, he didn't, didn't want like it, it, but now he picks it up and said, takes it. The doctor said, "Here, this will help you feel better." It wasn't street drugs at Studio 54. It was a doctor giving it to you, so it's okay. And it is okay if you're in pain. 
But then you got to be able to set it aside, set it down. Why couldn't he set it aside? It was very, it, the, the, the burn was very severe, very painful to him. But once the burn healed, as time heals wounds, why couldn't he set it? I remember well, too, could he set it aside? I must say, too, a whole different crowd. He said hanging out with the Hollywood elite, with, you know, the Liz Taylors, and those people love to pop pills, bless us so. You know, it, I must say, exactly. And it might have made, made, made him know. feel a little bit more that he wasn't doing, you know, drugs that he was saying. It's, it's, not, like going, know, it's not going like going on the corner of street Right, car, absolutely. You know, yeah. On that. yeah, okay. Anthony, again, you're looking. Uh, no, I think that that you know those situations. I, I think the point about you know their prescription drugs and that sort of thing. A doctor is involved. I think that legitimizes it for him. But I think that the drugs. I mean, it's more about than about physical pain. I mean, like I think going on the corner, buying a package on the corner, going to somebody's house. You know. I, yeah. I think he felt a little bit more you know, comfortable that he wasn't. He wasn't doing that. Okay, exactly. kind of easing a psychological pain. I mean, an emotional pain. Yeah, but again, um, Ryan, again, Michael Jackson knew despised drugs, the one mm -hmm. I knew. Maybe. But that's what I'm trying to get at. He despised drugs. Doctors give him this. He's firm in his convictions that he despises drugs. He takes them because of the pain of that burn. And yet, according to many people, he keeps doing them. If he despised them so much, what Steve was, was stopping him from putting them down? Was there a family member that should have stepped in? Was there someone well, that should have Well, then he had different type of surgery surgery procedures, and I guess you have to give painkillers for that. So I guess it came, what happened? I can't say what happened, I don't know. It's sad what happened like that, whatever, you know? Right. After you start having plastic addiction. surgeries, after plastic surgeries, you need more and more pain, and the doctor gives it to you. Right. So it's okay. And it's legal. And, and it's legal, and there comes a point at which you can't put it down now. And I don't know how many plastic surgeries he had. I, I have no idea. You can look at the progression of the pictures over time, but it, it went from one doctor to several doctors and then, well, as we know, when he died, his nightstand was full of different prescriptions from different doctors. You know, the very essence of addiction is denial. You know, I think that, uh, you know, and, you know, and if you're living in a world where nobody's going to really walk up to you and say, Michael, you know what you really have to do? I mean, nobody talks to Michael Jackson that way. Well, but let's really. admit, and yeah. I don't know if Mike can speak to this or Steve, but I've had several sources tell me that the family tried several times several interventions, and they were serious attempts at yeah, interventions. Catherine Jackson knew her baby boy was hooked on drugs. And they never worked. Not one intervention worked. Tell me about the intervention that took place in Vegas. Um, it, was for, it was in uh, 07, in February of 07, and the family came. And they came early, you know, early in the morning. And they were all there. Um, I believe it was Reby. I think Jermaine was there. Um, another gentleman that was in the car. I, I couldn't identify him. But they all came, you know, came right through the gate. You know, basically almost knocking down the gate. So, you know, they did reach out to him. And what happened? He went to the security trailer to talk to them. You know, he wanted to do it in private. You know, he didn't allow them to come inside the house. He wanted to talk to them. In, you know, so he talked to his brothers inside the security trailer um, for a good, I'd say, 20 minutes. You know, and then everybody left. Like I said, we didn't try to get too involved in the family, you know, business. That's, that's for them to, to take care of. You know what I mean? So we stood back. They talked inside the trailer, and then, then, they, then they left. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is King Jordan. Sorry we were having technical problems. And without further ado, let me please introduce to you 
He is the former bodyguard of Michael Jackson, current bodyguard of William Shatner, The Dream, and Miley Cyrus. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome Mr. Mike Garcia. Good evening, Mike, and welcome to King Jordan Radio. How are you? Doing fantastic. How are you? Okay. Uh, obviously, we don't have uh, some uh, questions from the callers, but we do have questions uh, that uh, I did want to get to uh, with you. And the first thing I wanted to get uh, before we get to any other stuff is, when did you start at, as a body as a bodyguard? Well, as a bodyguard, I've been working here in Las Vegas for quite some time. Uh, I first came to Vegas in '97, and then and, and then just started from there, and just basically uh, just started off doing a weekend deal, and then my and then I got more into the training and got more focused about it, and then um, of course, you know, Mr. Jackson was my biggest client in 2006. Right, right, and. Uh, uh, like I, I think I said, uh, can you tell our listeners who else you have uh, bodyguard for? Uh, I've worked for uh, The Dream. I've worked for Miley Cyrus. I've worked for uh, Lindsay Lohan, William Shatner, Bob, Bob Saget, um, a number of the Lakers, uh, some people, some of the people from BET, a lot of people mostly in the entertainment, and then I have um, a small client list of uh, just high-profile businessmen. And uh, I would say it's basically based out of where you're at, right? Absolutely, here in Vegas. Oh, okay. Now, um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, the uh, besides uh, MJ, uh, is there any, without getting into names, is there anybody that you had some issues with that you said, you know what, I can't handle him or her? I'm just gonna, you know, have to walk away from this situation. Were you ever involved with anything like that? Um, not necessarily. I think I think um, it's smart for every bodyguard to kind of uh, weigh his pros and cons as far as dealing with a client. Um, you have some bodyguards who absolutely get too too involved with their clients, um, and that's by you know that's by their own actions. And then, then you know then they get into their own kind of mix of trouble and whatnot. I try to keep myself out of the trouble. Um, and just stay focused on my job, and that's for, you know, regardless of whoever they are or how their personality is, I'm basically there just to do my job. Absolutely. And uh, in 2006, you started with Michael Jackson. How did that all come about? Um, basically, got a phone call, um, and uh, wasn't told who it was until I got to the house, and. Um, you know, when I got to the house, I saw the kids first come down the stairs, and then uh, Mr. Jackson came around, and I, I got introduced to him. And basically, it was supposed to be a weekend job, and it basically turned in, you know, a lot longer than that. And uh, uh, you're talking about the house in Carrollwood, of course, right? The house on Monte Cristo, the first house. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, so this is 2006. Uh, obviously, uh, you did get a chance to see him interact with his children. Had you tell the listening audience uh, what kind of father Michael Jackson was? Well, you know, I've been, you know, uh, I've been dealing with a lot of celebrities and high-profile people, and I, I, I right. must say, 
that Mr. Jackson was probably, if not the best father figure that I saw with, with the children. Um, I think I stated in another interview before about how, you know, we were getting food uh, catered to us when we were staying out in Virginia, and he wanted to wake up every day and basically make breakfast for the children every day. Um, and that was his thing, you know what I mean? Um, I used to take the kids personally by myself to Circus Circus so the kids could have a good time on the rides and things like that. And, you know, he, he would call me, con- you know, continuously throughout the entire time because he wanted to know what they were doing, what they are eating, you know, how were, their, how, how were they behaving, you know, and other things like that. I mean, very, very hands-on, um, very, very into what he was doing, and I think he, and, and he was very proud of what he was doing. Uh, proud in what sense? I think he loved it. I think he loved as much as, uh, you know, sometimes he would talk about how worn out he was. I mean, you're talking about a single father of three kids. And, um, you know, but I think, he, I think he loved it more than anything. And, uh, you know, he was very proud, you know, to, to, to be, you know, the father that he was. And uh, you, uh, you did uh, sit down with Ryan Smith and uh, Diane Diamond, Steve Manning, and some other people. I want to play you just a short little clip uh, of that, and uh, I want to ask you something about that on the other side. Now, recently, on behalf of HLN and In Session on our sister network, True TV, I sat down with a roundtable of experts to discuss the case and Michael Jackson's life. On that panel, investigative reporter Diane Diamond, Anthony DeCurtis, contributing editor for Rolling Stone, Jackson's former bodyguard, Mike Garcia, and one of his best friends, Steve Manning. First up, we talk about Jackson's molestation trial to help us find out who was the real Michael Jackson. Let's take it to the trial. And as Mike just said, Mike, you, you feel that trial should have never happened. No. Diane, what did you think? Well, um... I'm listening to what the former employees and friends uh, of Michael have said about him never wanting to go back to Neverland because he felt raped. I know some members of the prosecution team who would say he didn't want to go back because he had been exposed. I, I'm not saying that Michael Jackson was a pedophile. A judge, a jury ruled that he was not. Thank you. Glenn. But Absolutely. in my book, if you knew him, I outline several years worth of interviews that I did with lots of young boys and their families that were too afraid to come forward and press charges that all told the same kind of story of how the child was manipulated to come and see Michael Jackson, manipulated to be alone with Michael Jackson, and maybe the adults in their lives were overprotective or overreacting. But Michael Jackson made the first charges go away, as I outline in the book, by paying $30 million. Who does that? And don't tell me he had a lot of money then, because he wasn't working at that point. It could have been some legal advice. Who? Mrs. Jackson um, bought Johnny Cochran. I had a conversation with Johnny Cochran personally about this. Mrs. Jackson bought him in late before they settled that, and he begged not to settle it, but he wanted to just go away. Right. And he regretted that later. That on. is just no. not true. Johnny no. Cochran and Howard Weitzman negotiated that monetary settlement with and the Johnny first Cochran young boy. Asked them not to sell Don't. That, that's just. That's just not a fact. But the last thing I hear now is you're saying Mr. Jackson bought him. I was with him when he went to the lawyers and things like that. You were there in 1993. No, I was not there in 1993. But the things that you're saying is hearsay. And no, no, no. I've been with him with lawyers, and I know that he 
he did like like what he's I'm not, saying. I'm not going to speculate, Johnny Cochran. He comes because Mr. Jackson did bring him in like that. Right. He's vacant, not just sell. He's going to go away. I just, right. Ryan, well, that is well, not. That's, the this is what I was told Johnny Cochran first and by his mom. Absolutely. So uh, I'll leave it like that. Mm -hmm. Mike, what, you're saying that what Diane is saying is hearsay. Why? What did you learn well, from she's Michael saying Jackson? Everything that, that the information she is saying is things from secondhand. Like I said, if you knew Mr. Jackson, you know he didn't do it. Okay, so then what's the Mike, real story? I Why do we know that? I sat and talked with young boys. I sat and talked to their families. That's not secondhand. If you That's knew Mr. Jackson, you know he didn't do it. You That's knew his not junk nature, hand. and you knew that and he And you was weren't there in 1993, was, and as, I was. You know what I mean? When did you first start um, working so for Michael Jackson? So what, he had a fair When did you first start Mike working matter. for him? Did you work for him? In 06. Okay, he wasn't even at Neverland then. Mr. Jackson, you knew that he didn't do it. That's you, all I got to say. You were not even okay. around when he lived no, at Neverland. I'm talking about kids or, you know, and families. Like, they're not bringing suit. They're not doing anything. Like, what is right. motivating them? Sure, well, who, who's not to say that their parents didn't push them on? You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that could have happened. I That's mean, right. You're, you're well, they're pointing things out and, you know, this and that. But at the same time, because um, I'm going to be honest. I get asked that question a lot. When people find out that I was with Mr. Jackson and things like that, do you think he did it? Absolutely not. He was a very gentle man. Diane, isn't it true, Diane, that the, that the Ryan father was, was I mean, there was a... Okay, Mike, uh, first off, I want to get your... I want to tell you that was um, great defense on your part. Diane Diamond, I spoke about with uh, Tom Mesero, Mr. Mesero, last week, and uh, we have concluded that she is obsessed in the life of times of Michael Jackson. Uh... What's your thoughts on Mrs. Diane Diamond? Um, actually, I really don't have any thoughts on Mrs. Di uh, Ms. Diamond. I mean, um, I wasn't a follower of hers. I was never a fan of hers. And um, I met her that day. Um, and, you know, everything that she says is basically, like I said, is, is third party. So with that being said, you know, she doesn't really have any uh, concrete facts off, off anything. You know, and she's in the media. So, you know, she's going to, you know, stir things up and get things out there and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I just, what she's saying to me is not facts. To me, what she's saying, um, you know, there's, there's so many variables that can go into it. So I just kind of look at it as in, you know, it's her opinion. She's entitled to it. But, I, you know, I have a difference of opinion. Absolutely. And uh, she has no uh, friends in the uh, Michael Jackson world. Uh, she only looks at one side. But uh, right. I, do, I do have a question uh, from the chat. Uh, Daniel in Puerto Rico asks, uh, uh, so since the phones aren't working, can you please ask Mike about an incident in 08? He says, in the MJ Opus, Wade Robeson claims to have invited Michael and his children to a barbecue. Since Mike was working for uh, at the time, can you verify that? I don't know anything about. I don't know anything about that at all. Or, or were you at this event? That would that that's the question. No. Okay. So, with that in mind, uh, Wade Robson. Uh, about almost a month to the it'll be a, a, about a year. Uh, came out with these claims. Uh, what did you think when you heard it? Um, I think there's always going to be claims uh, for years to come. You know, I think when it comes to Mr. Jackson, a person who, 
you know, he wasn't known for, you know, he he didn't stand up to a whole lot of people like he should have. But, you know, he was such an easy target. And I think that you're, you're constantly always going to have claims, and and that's what basically what they are, claims. Uh, I agree with you 100%. Let's take a listen to what Whoopi Goldberg said on The View uh, that day, actually, when he was on the Today Show. And I want to get your thoughts on the other side. We want folks to know. Now, choreographer Wade Robeson was one of Michael Jackson's biggest defenders during his 2005 child molestation case. But now he's trying to file a lawsuit against the Jackson estate. And he made some really shocking claims on the Today Show today. Take a look. Did he perform sexual acts on you? Did he force you to perform sexual acts on him? What was the nature of the abuse? Yes, exactly what you said. He performed sexual acts on me and forced me to perform sexual acts on him. How old were you when it started? Seven. And how long did it last? Till about 14. You know, there's no excuse for what he did to me, and I believe many others, but, um, but he was a troubled man, and every effect has its cause. You know, Michael Jackson was, yes, an incredibly talented artist and a, with an incredible gift. He was many things. And he was also a pedophile and a child sexual abuser. He says that he's not doing this for money. Really? Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm just telling you what he says. Yeah. Um, he is suing the estate yeah. for, for money. I don't know what that means. I, I, I thought it meant that he wanted money. Do you guys think that that ruins his credibility if he's asking for money while coming he, out? He could. Uh, he could be prosecuted for committing perjury. Because, you know, he, yeah, he, on, he testified under oath, yeah. but um, most attorneys say that that probably won't happen yeah. because he says this was not repressed memory. He really did remember it all, but now that he has a son and he thinks about it himself, it's all come out and he feels he has to talk about it. I'm not sure why. Well, you know, the thing about it is, like, he put, he put out a message. He said, if my coming forward can help other people to not feel that shame and come forward, then it's all worth it. And I think that message gets a little tainted by the when people hear that you're suing the estate for yeah. money. And then it kind of takes away a little bit of the empathy that folks yeah. might have if this is indeed true. And, plus, and then also, because you testified before that Michael mm -hmm. Jackson never did anything to you, yeah. unequivocally never touched you, you have a person who's deceased. He can't defend himself. And also, so just, which is it? You know, which is it? You said one thing, and, and everybody said, oh, okay, we, we got your back. He was a kid, and you talk about brainwashing. You're talking about a very popular figure. He wasn't a kid when he testified. No, but he said Michael had talked to him through it over now. the phone and talked yeah. him through it and talked yeah. him through yeah. it. He said, Michael Jackson told, and, he said Michael yeah. told him over the years uh, when he was younger mm -hmm. that if you tell, then we're both going to go to jail for the rest of our lives. So he knew to say nothing happened when he was younger. He has a son. Right. two nervous breakdowns and then he, he says that I started to imagine what would happen if this were my son who had been sexually abused and I began to realize that my unexplored feelings, I'm quoting him, mm -hmm. were a problem. So I felt I had to come out and do the right thing. But you're right, the fact that he's also asking for money, you Makes know. Well. If you guys don't know who Wade Robeson is, he uh, choreographed the You Got Served uh, movies, and he was also a judge on So You Think He Can Dance. Yeah. 
He's a very, very famous choreographer. And he worked with Michael Jackson. Yeah, and, yeah, and also working with Michael. It would have been a lot easier for him to let this lie, for sure. After all these years, it would have been easier just to keep his mouth shut. So you got to... He's also a public figure to come easier. out. I mean, no. if it didn't happen, I don't if know if it would be easier. If the family wasn't suing to get... I don't should have. I just mean, you know, the fact right. that he's coming out, it's not easy on him to come out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know what but I mean? as Whoopi yeah. just said, it's not easy to come out. He says he's doing this because it's his truth, it's the right thing to do. And yeah. we might feel a little differently about it as Whoopi, just if he wasn't also... Oh, so what if that's where it hurts them? You know, what if that's where the Jackson family feels the pain, or the estate well, feels the listen, pain? Let me tell you where they it? feel the pain. They have gone through this four or five times. People keep suing. They say, oh, it happened. It there didn't happen. It there was a trial. That, trial. That, yeah. Many trials. Yeah. And now the man is dead. That's where it's hurting them. Yeah. Because they can't, he can't even say, now hold up a minute, right. buddy. There's nothing to be done. There's two children. Three. And three, three children, children, yes. Children. And this now lives out in the ether yeah. again. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, I, I get that people need to get it out there. But if you have the opportunity to tell the truth, tell the truth. You mean even now? I understand, but don't wait until the family starts suing right. and That's then right. try to get money from the family. To t it, it just is too convoluted. But the, the, I have to read this because the, uh, the you guys Jackson. Do you believe him? Well, he's I not, do not. I, you know, I do not Michael's not here to defend himself. Yeah. That's the thing. So, I'm, I'm going to go with the, with the dead guy. The. The Jackson family, uh, we have to let you know, is denying it vigorously, vigorously, vigorously. Okay, so here's another thing that's much lighter. Okay, Mike Garcia, what is your thoughts on uh, Whoopi Goldberg's take of Wade Robson? Well, I think that Whoopi, I think Whoopi Goldberg's right about the fact of, uh, you know, he's an easy target after he's passed away. Right, you know, and, I, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying before: is the fact that, you know, especially with him being gone now, he's an easy target. He's an easy target when he was alive, and he's more of an easy target now. Um, so, I, you know, like I said, I, you know, everybody has their their thing about Mr. Jackson and how they can make money and all that kind of stuff. So, if that's sure. if that's his way of trying to do it, you know. But, you know, if he's not in for the money, then why is he suing? That's a, yeah. That's that's the million dollar question. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. She hit it right on the head. If you're not, you know, I mean, it, you know, the thing is, is that when people sit there and they say, oh well, you know, when it comes to Mr. Jackson and making a dollar off of him, a lot of people say, oh well, I'm not trying to or I'm not this or that because they know about his fans and how the fans will look at it as well. And you know, fortunately, you're you're there's going to be another guy that's probably going to come out of the woodwork and say something and you know this and that, but. What can you do? Mr. Jackson's not alive. And, you know, and, I think, and, and to me, I think it's all false. Okay. How do you feel about the estate coming out with more music, i.e. Tupac and Biggie, uh, now they have Escape coming out uh, with unreleased Michael Jackson songs? Is it good from the standpoint that the legacy still lives on? Or is it bad that Michael maybe not did not want the uh, fans to hear these songs? Uh, which angle do you go by? I think Mr. Jackson would want his fans to hear the music personally. Um, you know, and that's why he made the music was for his fans. 
Um, so I don't really see anything wrong with you know releasing uh, the estate, releasing music, you know, on you know for Mr. Jackson. But you know that's everybody loves Mr. Jackson's music. Why why can't you know why wouldn't you? You know Bob Marley passed away, but they were still putting his music out. Uh, you know, like you said about Tupac, same thing. So these are great, you know, these are great uh, icons in the industry. Why would it be any different for Mr. Jackson? That's a great thing. Uh, that's true. Uh, but uh, the first album, Will I Am, did have a little issue with it. Uh, but I totally agree with you. Uh, you know, his, all his hits were hits. And that leads me to my next question. Uh, how did you feel about Mr. Michael Jackson, the uh, musician, his music, his well, work? Well, you know, when I was with him, uh, he didn't do any shows. Um, so the only thing in which that I really got to see him perform was, was the studio in which that we built, uh, you know, in the house that had, you know, wooden floors so you could slide around, um, you know, and the camera equipment and things like that. And that's pretty much the extent of me really getting to see him perform. Um, and, 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 you know, of course, he, when he, he did the uh, photo shoot for Italian Vogue, you know, he, I got to see him do some of his moves and things like that, but, um, Honestly, I never really got to see him actually perform. Um, I, I wish I could have. I mean, you know, I'm sure I would have had a great seat. But, um, you know, he, he, I think his work ethic uh, and, and, and watching him, you know, I, at home practicing, uh, it's just, I mean, he, the guy's perfection. You know, Mr. Jackson is very, very um, on point to making sure that everything he does in a show um, it's, you know, number one is for his fans, but, you know, he wants to be perfect. He wants to be known as the greatest entertainer. So, to me, I think he is the greatest entertainer. Um, his music will always live in my heart. You know, I mean, there's, I, was at, I was at a gas station the other day, you know, and they play his music, you know, and I, I'm, at a, I'm at a restaurant the other day. They play his music. So anywhere you go, you're going to hear his music. And that's the beauty of it because, it's, you know, it just shows you how, how much of an impression he made on this world. Oh, no question. I mean, you go to uh, any party or, uh, you know, where they're playing billiards or something like that, or a club, uh, you're yeah. going to hear Billy Jean, you're going to hear Beat It, Thriller, all those songs. And uh, a lot of people feel Usher, uh, Chris Brown, and a lot of others, uh, you know, they grew up watching MJ and... Uh, a lot of their style can't be compared what, what, to Michael Jackson. Absolutely. absolutely. What you see now on TV, and that's, that's, that's the amazing thing, too, is the fact that what you see now in today's artists, there's a little piece of Mr. Jackson in every one of them. And that just shows you the magnitude of, of his influence in the music world. Oh, absolutely. Is there a, a song that you think about? Like, is there one favorite song that you would say that, uh, I mean, they're all good. That's like trying to pick it. Yeah, I just had a number of songs just running through my head right now. Um, you know, honestly, I don't have a particular favorite um, because mm -hmm. I, again, uh, I think he's just a musical genius, you know, and his music is just hit after hit after hit. And, and um, it's hard to pick just one, but I, I'll tell you what, Billie Jean, anytime I hear Billie Jean, it just still gets me going, you know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm sure you were, uh, you know, like me, young when Thriller came out. I guess uh, 
You know, <laughs> did you uh, rent that when it came out? Oh, um, man, I had, the, I had the Thriller jacket. <laughs> you had the jacket yeah, also? I, I had, yeah, I, I had the Thriller jacket. Uh, it was black, and it had the, the red trim on it. Um, and uh, I, I, remember, I remember telling my mom when I was a kid, and, I told, and it was a real blessing that I got to tell Mr. Jackson, you know, this story. But when I was a kid, I used to, you know, go to the store with my mom and go to where the gloves are, the gardening gloves, and beg my mom to give me, you know, to buy me a glove so I could, so I could kind of bedazzle it, so I could have a Michael Jackson glove. But I never, I never got a chance. But yeah, I've, I've been, I've been a fan of music since, since I can remember. And you know, when I, one of the blessings too, when I was with him was, was being able to tell him that when I was 18 years old, I, I grew up in Hawaii next to Aloha Stadium, and he was doing a right. concert there, and I was going to oh, work. Really? Yeah, I was going to work, and I was able to hear him singing in the stadium. And I remember standing there next to my car and just kind of listening to it, uh, listening, you know, to the concert across the street before I went to work. And, um, you know, like I said, it was a true blessing that I, I was able in life to really, you know, tell him that. And, you know, he got a, he got a little chuckle out of, out of it. <laughs> you also uh, sat down with uh, Ashley uh, Banfield, I believe, on ABC's Good Morning America, along with two other security guards. Is that accurate? Yes. And um, just uh, there was a point uh, that you guys might be coming out with a book, and there was some rumors after that the book is gone. Um, is that, is there any update on that? Um, well, I'll tell you what, um, I, I, I've been approached, uh, several times about doing that book and it you know, a book of only my experience and, you know, not, not glorifying anything. And I right. couldn't find anybody, I couldn't find anybody who wanted to donate the book to, charity, you know, to, to children's education and stuff. So everybody that I talked to was basically in it for money where, you know, I didn't want to do that. So, I, you know, I probably won't even ever come out with a book, and, you know, that's okay. But, um, you know, I'm doing other things in, in the charity work-wise uh, to, you know, to, for children. Oh, wow. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on how the kids turned out, Prince Brankett and uh, uh, Prince the Second? Um, I haven't talked to them, you know, in a while, but I tell you what, those kids are amazing. Um, you know, and I, and I really think that they're going to go on to do huge, huge things. Uh, you know, Prince, it, he, you know, since day one, you know, of course, blanking and, you know, at the time, uh, Paris was just a little, you know, she was a little shy, but Prince, you could definitely tell that that he just had it and he's going to go on to do huge things, I think, uh, in life. Definitely. He's very focused. Um, he knows what his daddy taught him, and he's going to go on to do a lot of things. And, and, you know, back then when he was, you know, 10, 11 years old, he was like talking to a teenager. I mean, he really is very, very intelligent. Yeah, and uh, if you remember the trial, uh, some of the testimony, they showed the private movies of Michael, and you could just see from those movies that he was uh, had such attention to detail uh, with uh, uh, his children, uh, you know, concentrating on Paris, concentrating on Blanket, concentrating on Prince, uh, you know, asking what they want they wanted to be, and uh, he really, really uh, 
just from afar, you could tell that he was devoted to his children. Very devoted, very devoted to their education, um, and 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 on being humble in the world. Um, you know, he knows. You know, he Mr. Jackson knew. You know that these are you know Michael Jackson kids, and he knows that the response in which that these kids were going to get. You know, once they get out into the world. And he really humbled them a lot. You know, he really taught them to say thank you and to, you know, to be appreciative of everything and, you know, and stuff like that. So that's why I really say with everything with their intelligence um, and what he's taught them, you know, when Prince, and, and, I mean, Prince Paris and Blanket, when they, when they get to that age, they're, they're really going to be a force to reckon with. No doubt. Um, you met uh, Conrad Murray, right? Yes. And... Uh, you, when you, you didn't know uh, all this stuff was going on until you saw the testimony. Is that correct? Correct. So, you know, this guy, uh, Conrad Murray, I mean, he went on a paid interview in Australia and basically threw Mike under the bus saying that he drank it all. And it's been proven otherwise that uh, even if you drank it, uh, there should be no effects. Uh, he didn't have a monitor, simple things that you and me could figure out. Um, just, just downright, uh, you know, I, I don't think in any way did he mean to kill him. I mean, or AEG, I don't, uh, I don't buy into that, but I think he was very uh, egregious. Uh, in his way, in his, in his care or lack of care of Mr. Michael Jackson. What's your thought on Conrad Murray? Um, like I said on I said on the other show, I believe that uh, he, just listening to the trial and finding out that right. he said about everything that he was doing, um, I mean, the guy was doing everything from going out to nightclubs here in Vegas and telling people he was Michael Jackson's doctor to, um, you know, uh, wanting $150,000 a month. And, I mean, and, and you know, you saw the pictures in, in the room with Mr. Jackson. $150,000, he should have had a lot better equipment. He should have, you know, he could have hired help. He could, you know, there's a lot of many things in which that Conrad Murray could have done. I don't know Mr. Mr. Uh, Conrad Murray personally. I, you know, like I said, I've only met him. But from what it showed, you know, during the trial, like you said, egregious and just greedy. Yeah. That wasn't the kind of Red Murray you, you met, right? And, and it's pretty, yeah, no, no, no. Because when he, when I first met him, he was very appreciative. I mean, he was he was appreciative just to be in the circle amongst us. And um, I think he just got to, got too comfortable, and I think that he started thinking about his own uh, personal gain. And you know, and in doing so, he you know he um, he let a legend die. Uh, yes. Absolutely, and uh, you know he takes no responsibility, and that's what really hurts a lot of people. And I think Jordan, I think that's the sickening part of it. There's no compassion. There's no anything um, for his actions. I think that's that's the that's, that's pretty sickening. Yeah, two years in jail too for killing. Yeah, just for killing yeah. the world's yeah. most famous. Uh, Icon. I, I think, I think, yeah, and I think that if you're a doctor, um, you know, of some sort, and especially when you're doing a private practice in, in a house and things like that, I think the penalty should be a little bit more stiff. Oh, no question. I mean, unbelievable. Like, uh, 
you know, I listened to that tape and, uh, you know, I I just wonder why uh, Mr. Alberto Alvarez, you know, he was in a panic, you know, God knows what, what we all would have done, but do you think if he would have said, you know, we have Michael Jackson here, let's get him here, you know, he said we have just, you know, a 50-year-old man here, and he did not, you know, say it was a celebrity. Uh, would you have said, you know, you know, it's hindsight 2020, of course, but in that instant, would you have said, I have Michael Jackson here, get here quick? I think I think Alberto handled it perfectly. I think he did exactly what he was supposed to do. I think he talked to the operator and said the things that he needed to say. Um, you know, at the end of the day, there's a 50-year-old man that's that's ill and, and and about to pass away, regardless of who it is. And I think Mr. I think Mr. Jackson would understand that too. So um, imagine if he did say Mr. Jackson's name in that recording. You know, it, it, they would play that over and over and over and over and over and over again in the media. And, um, you know, it's kind of good in a way that it, that it wasn't said, you know, and, uh, you know, because all the media would do was basically torment them about, you know, and, and play that recording over and over again. I think, uh, I know I met, I worked with Alberto a few times, and, you know, he's very professional, and I know that he cared about Mr. Jackson and the kids a lot. Yes. Did you, was he there when you uh, worked uh, in 06? Yeah, he came out here. Um, he came out to Vegas a few times, and, and we worked together, and you know, and, and things like that. And we got along. I thought, I, I thought, uh, I thought Mr. Alvarez was a great guy. And if you believe the you, prosecution, he, uh, Mike was already gone. Uh, many of the prosecution feels that Mike was gone already uh, by the time nine one one already came. So it wouldn't have mattered anyway. But and that's true. Yeah, I I I was thinking the same thing. I didn't really want to comment on it because I'm not too sure of of you know what was going on at that time. But um, you know, like I said, I think I think Alberto definitely handled it perfectly and professionally. Yes, we have uh, Jolanda. Um, maybe you could ask Mike uh, what his fondest memory is of Michael Jackson. What's my fondest memory of Mr. Jackson? Yes. Um, you know, when we spent a lot of time out on the road, uh, I think it I think definitely would just have to be the incident okay. moment. I think I think, mm-hmm. I think it's the incident moments when you know riding in the car. Um, you know, those are kind of the memories in which that I have from him is, is the memories of us riding in the car, us going to the movies, you know, and. You know, when we're out there in Virginia, you know, lighting fireworks and having a good time, I think it's more the intimate times of, you know, seeing this great person on a level in which that, uh, you know, many people don't get to see. You know, like, like I said, he wasn't performing or anything. So it was really, you know, I have many memories in which that, you know, is just of him in, in, in conversations. You know, the funny things in which that he would say or, um, you know, and, and, and those kind of memories are, are what really, you know, tears me apart inside of, you know, him not being with his kids right now or people coming up with a, with a uh, new case against them and, you know, and all these other things, you know. Um, my memories oh, of uh, Mr. Jackson is, is, is definitely uh, 
the intimate moments of, of just us being us and, and making jokes and, and traveling and sitting in traffic and, you know, all that kind of stuff. You did state on the uh, HLN program that you have a good uh, way of body language uh, telling uh, and you could tell that Michael would never abuse a kid in any way. Can you elaborate on that? The way the way that I see it is you can kind of tell, uh, you know, I'm in the profession of, you know, basically um, nipping things in the bud before they start. And, and, and it's definitely watching a lot of people and when their reactions, I mean, everything from their eyes to their hands. And Mr. Jackson, you know, was not, you know, there was children around which, you know, when we, when we went places and things like that and whatnot, but you just, you could just tell that he, he was not like that. And I think what it was, you know, in my opinion, after spending time with him and whatnot, I think that children were his only thing in which that he could trust. And he knew that they weren't going to try and take advantage of him. And he knew that they didn't want nothing from him. It was the innocence of it in the sense of, you know, I don't have nothing to worry about. And I think with him not having a childhood, that's where he could relate um, and, and, you know, and, and be a kid himself. And, you know, people always ask about that. Um, you know, do you think he did it? Do you think? And not at all. I really, I really, genuinely, at the bottom of my heart, feel that he didn't do it. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the people have what's called the guilty conscience. You know, pedophiles uh, usually have a guilty conscience. They'll try to right. hide. You know what I mean? Like, so if uh, Mr. Jackson was a pedophile, he wouldn't go on TV with the kid because he'd be nervous in the back of his head, say to himself, oh, my God, they're going to think this, they're going to think that. But if he was that... Uh, you know, Jordan, people don't understand that when, when there's, you know, the video in which that he's talking about, you know, the, uh, the, the slumber party, I think, you know, when people uh, staying over at his house, and you see him, and you watch that video, and you watch him, and, he, and he's explaining, like, where people are, are, are laying down and sleeping and stuff. And... That's out of pure innocence. Oh, no question. That's of, yeah, that's out of pure innocence. And people can't realize that or want to realize that or, you know, they'll make their own jokes or whatnot. But, um, you know, like I said, Mr. Jackson's an easy target. So, you know, to, to, to a grown man who didn't go through, you know, there, you can't compare a regular man to Mr. Jackson because Mr. Jackson didn't grow up like a regular man. And, you know... I, I really don't believe he did anything. Right, and uh, back to what I was saying, you know, the pedophiles will at least, if you read up on them, they would have hundreds and hundreds of victims. Uh, it says here, it says here in some books that I read up on, hundreds and hundreds of victims, not three to four, and not all wanting money. Right. Right. I don't know if you caught, uh, well, there's been a lot of cases, but Jerry Sandusky, for example, there were 10 people that testified against uh, Jerry. There were 48 that wanted to testify, but they couldn't because of the statute limit. 
So that's my point about Michael Jackson. You know, you would have kids and kids and, you know, thousands of kids would have complained, uh, you know, and Absolutely. Not, Absolutely. Yeah, not go to a lawyer. I mean, the first thing, if your son, like in the 93 ch- uh, trial, you're going to want to get is a baseball bat. If you think your child, you're not going to a family attorney. So right. that's very troubling. And in the second case, it's almost identical. They go to the same lawyer. They say it happened after the Barshir after everybody's watching him, after the spotlight's all over Michael Jackson, that's when he's going to decide to become a criminal. It's almost hilarious that they would actually charge him. And the jury didn't believe it. They rejected it. Uh, 14, uh, uh, you know, 14 votes of uh, not guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even even people in the media came back, uh, like Aphrodite Jones, and she said, uh, look, I was wrong. I looked back at the evidence, and, uh, you know, uh, she knows that the, this was a witch hunt. Like it is for a lot of you know high superstars, and he was the the target uh, because yeah. uh, I think he was just so vulnerable to uh, to everybody. Uh, maybe you could tell me wrong or not, but uh, I think he was so vulnerable to people and uh, trusted people, the wrong people, and uh, that's why he found himself in uh, these situations. Absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly the way I feel about it. You know, he uh, people just took advantage of him. Yeah, it's very sad, and uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, want, you know, a lot of people should just let him rest in peace. I.e., Wade Robson, um, I think Fred Barnes. I think everybody yeah. should let Mr. rest in peace. I mean, you know. Um, what like I you know I can't stress it enough, but what Mr. Jackson brought to this world is 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 more than any but any human has ever brought. Um, and you know people I lived in the Middle East they knew about Mr. Jackson. I mean everybody knew about Mr. Jackson and what he stood for, um, and that's 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 a powerful thing. Um, at this point, I don't know why people want to publish or make accusations of anything of his life after he's passed. You know, he's got three children who are still there, you know. Um, and, you know, this guy's talk, uh, Robinson's talking about, you know, he has a son now. Well, look what you're doing to these three children. And, you know, you're, you're saying one thing and then now you're saying another, you know. And, you know, Prince Paris and Blanket, they got you know, to go through this the rest of their life. And to me, I think it's really unfair um, you know, for, again, for what he's brought to this world, his children are are, are around. Um, you know, you're going to get some type of publicity, you know, dealing with the name of Michael Jackson, you know, and you know, I think everybody that's out there right now that's doing things, I think it, you know, they're only in it for themselves, and I think it's you know, it's, I think it's pretty sad. It is a very uh, sad commentary. Uh... He definitely uh, wanted to uh, 
uh, go on with that tour. I, I don't know uh, as far as how many dates, but uh, it was also... Uh, all, these, all, these, um, all these interviews that I did during the Dr. Murray trial, um, you know, for, for HLN, you know, the interviews in which that you showed and, you know, Anderson Cooper and stuff. Like, I did everything for free. Everything. Right. I did everything for free because how much more does this guy got, you know, got him... To me, what I'm taking away from the whole experience is the fact that this man came through my life. To me, money, money, you know, money and possessions—that's not living. That's not life. You know, that, uh, money and possessions—that doesn't make you rich. And uh, fortunately, other people, you know, have uh, different views about it. And we're still, you know, we're—I think we're always going to deal with people coming out with, you know, publications with. Uh, accusations and claims, and I think we're always going to deal with that, you know, and that's that's the sad part of it. But, hey, you know, there's a thing called karma. There's a thing called God, and he's watching, and, you know, everybody, you know, everybody makes their own bed. Oh, no question. And uh, speaking of celebrities, uh, what is your take of uh, Justin Bieber? Uh, obviously, he has uh, his share of uh, running into the law. And uh, did you ever work with him or see him? No, I never worked for Justin Bieber. I never, I never met him. Never, uh, never met him or worked for him. Mhm. Yeah. My, I mean, in my in my opinion, my humble opinion is that you know he just needs to be around um, a better structure, a, a, a team that's more better structured. Than what he's dealing with right now, um, you know that's just a lack. That's just a lack of management, in my, in my opinion. Um, and you know you could say, oh, well, he's going to do what he wants, but there needs to be a little bit more uh, authority in, enforced. Oh yeah, I mean some of the things that and, just and, and, and don't get me wrong. And don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, Mr. Beaver is, is definitely responsible for his own actions. You know, so yes, uh, but like you said. Like, at that age, you know, his father, yeah. uh, you know, basically buying, you know, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> the greatest thing to go. Yeah, you know? I, I saw that. With, yeah, when he got arrested down in Miami or something, that his father was with him. I was pretty shocked about that. Um, so, you know, I mean, there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, you know, they're, they're going to get themselves into trouble. They're going to have to deal with it. Oh, no question. Uh, William Shatner, uh, he's from Star Trek, right? Yes, sir. And uh, how was he to deal with? Oh, Mr. Shatner's great. Mr. Shatner was was fantastic. Um, he definitely has a great sense of humor. Um, very humble man, you know, and, you know, I, I like clients who are like that, you know, who are just very humble about themselves and, you know, doesn't don't take themselves too seriously. And you know, he introduced me to his wife, and you know, and all kinds of stuff. And that was really, oh, you know, I really appreciate that. Uh, and and seeing people of that stature, you know, being so humble. So he, Mr. Shannon was, yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic guy. And there's nothing, there's nothing better than driving down the freeway going, you know, going seventy, seventy five, and you can hear, you know, his <laughs> voice behind you. So that's that's a good, that's, a, that's always a fun thing. <laughs> um, um, the dream. Can you tell us about him? A lot of people might not have heard of him. 
Uh, I have, um, but... Yeah, the dream, um, I, he started off as a producer, and, he, and he's made his way into, in, you know, into doing vocals and things like that. He wrote uh, the song Umbrella for Rihanna. He wrote all the single wow. ladies for Beyonce. Um, he, wow. wrote, he wrote and produced, um, he wrote and co-produced with the Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake song, Holy Grail. Um, so he's he's had his yeah he's had his hands on a lot of things and I think he's I think he's due for an album to be coming out uh, sometime this year. Sounds like a uh, Pharrell. <laughs> you know you know you know one of the things I do I do like about you know, I call him Mr. Nash. Um, it, one of the things I do like about Mr. Nash is is his he doesn't take himself too seriously either and I and I think that he's going to continue to do big things in in the music industry. Um, you know, he's not a late night partier or he's not, you know, he's not, you know, we're not coming in at six in the morning kind of deal. He's very focused and he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't go around with a big entourage or anything like that. And he's, but I can tell that he's a very, he's very focused and he's very serious about his craft. Oh, that's, that's the way to do it. And, uh, are you a fan of his music? Yes. Yeah. I, I like his music. I like his music. You know, I mean, the guy's versatile. I mean, they, and talented, so yeah, I like his music. Uh, were you a fan of, or are you a fan of Snoop, uh, Dr. Dre, and Tupac, and guys like that? Oh, Those dude, my that's guys. my generation. <laughs> you know, that's my generation. You know, so yeah. I remember. I, re- I remember in the mid '90s in the nightclubs in Los well, Angeles. Waiting for Dr. Dre to come out with the, the, the next album. <laughs> What's that? I'm still, we're still waiting for uh, Dre to hit the the next album. We know he has the beats, but uh, yeah, still waiting. But you know that that's 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 a pretty cool thing, though. I mean, you know, everybody's waiting, and you know, you just want to take your time. I mean, that's you know, but um, yeah. You know, but, I mean, as far as yeah, as far as their, yeah, as far as their music and stuff like that, that's my generation. And, and like I said, I remember in the late night. I mean, in the mid '90s in in Los Angeles, there wasn't a nightclub that you couldn't go into that wasn't playing that music. Oh, no question. Uh, Gin and Juice uh, with Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah, everything. Nothing but a G thing. Uh, mm-hmm. These just legendary hits. And with all due respect to uh, Little Wayne and some of these people that come out there, you know, it's I just don't compare it to the, the that Not era. A, you, know, I, now, you know, back, back then they were telling stories. Now they're just talking about themselves. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, who could forget Ice-T? Today was a good day. You know, that's a mm-hmm. classic. And mm-hmm. uh, Snoop Dogg and uh, and uh, Tupac, uh, that, that song that they collaborated together. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, uh, these, you know, when, when Tupac came out with an album, he, uh, it wasn't just two, three songs that were good. The whole album was was added meat yeah, to it, like you said. You yeah, know, unbelievable. Yeah, a true talent. I mean, a true talent. You know, and there's there's you know there's only in the music industry. You know, there's you got some people who need to be told what to do, and then you have some people who just know what to do, and they know how the you know when when they should come in in the song and, and when the beat should be there. And Tupac was one of them. By the Cyrus, uh, what uh, what is your thoughts uh, on how is she uh, working with her? 
Well, I work for Miley uh, during iHeart Radio here in Las Vegas. Um, and then she did an opening for a venue out here, and I worked for her for that as well. Uh, to be honest with you, I think Miley's a you know, very professional girl, uh, woman, I'm sorry, who just really, you know, knows what she's doing. She knows about the industry. Um, you know, a true pro on the stage. You know, and, and you know, and, and the thing about it is that she's got a great, fantastic voice. And um, yes, you know, you know, you can say what you want about her, but I think you know she'd probably be within the top three or maybe the top five in in today's artists as far as having such a great voice. And uh, she's going to go on to do big things. And I and one of the things you know, some of the things I like about her was just how professional she was. You know, she's very alert. She's very she knows what's going on. You know, and um, I wish her, you know, all the luck in the world. And uh, she had a couple of incidents uh, that people thought were over the top, i.e. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn, uh, the Music Awards, where she uh, dressed up. Uh, you know what? I, I think she accomplished what she wanted to because everybody Absolutely. talked about her and, uh, and her record sales went up. Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's basically what I tell everybody um, – you know, what I tell everybody is, is, you know, you can say what you want about, you know, about Miley, but she shot up to number one in everything. I mean, everything from ringtones to, to the pop charts and everything else. So, you know, and what she did, I mean, it, it, was it really that bad? You know, I mean, we... we no, we follow, no, no. Yeah, when you follow music, you can kind of see the fact, you know, that there's many artists. I mean, look at the outfit that Cher wore on that battleship. That was insane. Um, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I mean, you know, they're gonna they're gonna take pop shots at her, and that's what the media does and whatnot. And you know, she's gonna continue to keep being Miley, but you know, like she should be, and she's gonna go on and do big things. Oh, no question. Uh, your thoughts? Uh, a few more, we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, Lindsay Lohan's new show on Oprah. Did you catch it? And if so, what's your thoughts on it? I, I haven't seen the show. I heard about it on Oprah, um, but she's another one. She's very, uh, you know, I get I get a lot of the same questions about Miley and the same questions about Lindsay. And to me, it's just a matter of the fact of um, those are two very professional women who are very serious about their craft. And my, I mean, uh, I'm sorry, Lindsay is just um, young. You know, she's in she's in you know a, a wild town, and just you know it's there's media everywhere. You know, I I personally don't like working in Hollywood, um, just because of that. Really? You know, because of the, because of the media and because you know it's a circus. So um, you know, it, it's yeah, you know, and, 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 and it's a town in which that it's very hard to have friends in. So you know, she she can't you know she's She's a true actress, you know. Her friends, her friends are, are, you know, are true, you know, true actors and actresses. So when when you look at um, who she is, you know, take away her young, you know, wild ways or w- w- however you want to put it, and just really look at who she is. You know, the girls never really come on TV and, you know, totally, you know, made herself look bad or anything. So. She's a true talent. Uh, you know, I think she's going to go on and do huge things. I think that uh, she's going to be um, in the entertainment and TV. I think she's going to be in that for a long time. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, she definitely picked herself up, and uh, it's great to see. You know, uh, this country, we uh, we like to give second chances, and uh, that is definitely think, the I case. Think, I think, I think Lindsay and Miley are the type of girls where it's, it doesn't matter what you're going to say about them. They're gonna they're they're so driven that they're gonna be they're gonna continue to get success and they're gonna you know continue to perform for people. So you know again you know it's the media just getting their pieces in and you know that kind of stuff. Now when you were with them, like uh, give me a, a day in the life of being a bodyguard to a Lindsay Lohan or a uh, Miley Cyrus. Do you are you literally a bullet vest? For them, because there's a lot of nuts out there. I'm sure you realize that by now. But uh, well, has it ever gotten crazy? What I do, well, what I do, there's a difference between bodyguarding and executive protection. Um, what we do is executive protection, and it's a it's a craft, and it's definitely um, getting your client out of situations before they happen. So. Um, a day in a life is basically making sure that your client is just not seen by the wrong people, um, and they're not doing anything crazy. These are two uh-huh. women in which that do nothing. These are two women that do nothing but work, and work, and and are on a, and they're constantly on on a, on a timetable of of where they got to be at this hour, and then they got to be here, and they got to be there. So it's just a, a lot of that, and and, and basically watching them making sure, you know, um, that we have plans to go anywhere, that, you know, everything is done uh, before, you know, we get to these locations. And, you know, there's a lot of security measures just to take care of it, which I really don't want to go into detail, but, um, you know, just doing a lot of security measures to secure their safety. Right. But uh, overall, uh, in the time, was 97, you said? When I came to Vegas? That you started uh, working as a full-time security guard? Uh, guard? Uh, full-time, I started um, full-time was actually Mr. Jackson. That was that was my full-time. You know, I understand here in Las Vegas we have a lot of celebrities and music artists and things like that that come here, and they're only going to be here for about five days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks. You know, so um, actually uh, full-time bodyguarding uh, was, was was actually with Mr. Jackson. Oh, okay. And before, so, that, I was, before that, I was doing yeah. a lot of, you know, uh, I had my own clients and things like that as well. And, you know, we, you know and, then, and then I got into training. I went to the Middle East a little while um, and then came back. So. And uh, during that interview with GMA, uh, one of the guys said that you uh, guys brought uh, him and maybe a lady friend uh, back in a limo, is that true? In our in our SUV, yes. Okay, I just want to make sure that is uh, definitely because that's on record. Uh, so uh, there was definitely uh, Michael was hanging around with women. Oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> he he, he, right. he would never really tell, he would never tell us uh, her name. He would just call her friend. Right. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Right, right. And uh, his manager uh, actually uh, swore in the Bible that he uh, 
confide into him, Frank uh, something, um, and uh, he said in no way because of, you know, some books they might have came out and said he was gay and this and that, and uh, uh, no, says the manager, that he said he confided to him uh, you know, basically that he, you know, uh, didn't want to uh, make one girl, uh, I guess for lack of a better word, jealous, you know, so he did what he did, but he kept it low-key because he didn't want to hurt no girl's feelings. Uh, do you think that's accurate on some levels? Well, it definitely could be. You know, he he wasn't in, he was, he didn't like, you know, getting anybody upset, so, or jealous. So, I, yeah, I mean, it could be, it could be true. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I must say, though, uh, you uh, you were uh, uh, asked a lot uh, to come on. A lot of people did ask. So did you have a message for the Michael Jackson fans that do care so much for you that are listening right now? Um, I just want to say that, uh, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate the support um, that I got throughout the Dr. Conrad Murray trial. Um, that was a very hard time for me uh, emotionally, just, um, you know, going through that, and I couldn't believe what was going on and things like that. And I got a lot of uh, emails from people just, you know, telling me to be strong and things like that. And, and you know, these are, these are Mr. Jackson's fans. They're not, you know, they're not, you know, they don't know me. But I was, you know, it, but it really touched me a lot that they reach out to me, and still to this day that they reach out to me, whether it be Facebook or you know regular emails and whatnot. And you know, it, it's I'm very blessed uh, to be in a position in which that you know they that Mr. Jackson's fans you know appreciate me, and um, you know I, I I could go on and on and on on and on and on about it. Um, but it's, it's truly, it's truly a blessing, and 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 I and I t- totally appreciate the fans, and uh, continue to keep doing what what Mr. Jackson stood for, because I know I am, you know, I, I I'm doing my own my own part of, of what I've learned from Mr. Jackson. So um, basically, to the fans and everybody else, I just I, I I really would just like to say thank you very much. Um, it's a hard thing to do to go on national TV uh, by yourself, and um, you know, and, and, and deal with all the negativity and people accusing yeah. me of this, and that, you know, and whatnot. And oh, he's doing it for the money, and you know, and things like that. And, and the fans really stuck by me, and I, and I truly, to the bottom of my heart, I, I appreciate that. I remember uh, one incident uh, where you were uh, sparring with Nancy Grace. Uh, where you were yeah. upset that they put uh, his body like that on TV, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, Nancy uh, said, "Have you ever prosecuted a case?" And she knows, obviously, you never prosecuted a case. Right. But I guess the emotion of that really uh, did upset you, right? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, you know, and and, and the, the main thing in which that I. Uh, you know, went and did the, these interviews was for the simple fact of how they were portraying Mr. Jackson on TV. 
Nobody needs to show, you know, Mr. Jackson deceased like that on a gurney for what? You know, unless it's your own personal gain, unless it's your own, you know, it's a TV studio who's trying to get ratings, you know, or, or things like that. And, um, you know, it, it was just despicable. And, you know, I, I, you know, I watched your show a few times, but, I, you know, I wasn't going about to let her bully me because it wasn't about me being, you know, wanting to be on her show. You know, um, it was just, you know, sticking up to Mr. Jackson. It was more of defense for uh, your friend. Absolutely, for Mr. Jackson. Because that's what, you know, I asked Tom Mesereau, why did you go on Jerry Leto? I mean, out of all the people who go, he said uh, he spoke with Grace, and he spoke with Michael, and he gave, they gave the green light, and he wanted to defend Michael Jackson, not so much give Jay Leno the props. This is after the acquittal in 05. That's why he went on Mr. Leno's show. Not that he had any love affair for uh, Jay Leno. He certainly didn't, but he wanted to yeah. set the record straight. And uh, I see that with you. And uh, I, I, feel like, I, feel like, I feel like it's it's my duty. You know, um, you know, I looked out for him and his kids. I mean, it, it touches it, you know, to this day, so touches me the fact that Mr. Jackson. You know, he believed in me, and he trusted me to take his children to, like, Circus Circus and things and, you know, do all these, you know, things for him and, you know, and, 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 and for him to open strict. up, and, you know. So, he was strict you know, it, with, when it came to his children, and to trust you must have been a very big honor. I'm, I'm totally honored by it. You know, I mean, <laughs> when, I tell that, when I tell people, you know, about that, they can't believe it, and, 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 and I tell and and that's fine with me because it is unbelievable. Um, but, uh, you know, I did all the interviews just like I said. You know, I'll, I'll always defend Mr. Jackson. He was great to me. He was good to me. You know what I mean? And um, I'll always continue to, to, to defend Mr. Jackson. And that's why I just, you know, I just look at all these things that are going on nowadays with, uh, you know, like you said, with the claims and publications and people coming out with books and, you know, let Mr. Jackson, you know, let him rest. He deserves that. You know, too many people look at Mr. Jackson for their own personal gain, and, and that needs to stop. You know, this guy is given, you know, everything he has to this world. And, um, you know, let's, let, let's, let's be, you know, let's be a little bit uh, sensitive to his children, you know, number one. And, yes. and basically, you know, let's, let's let Mr. Jackson, you know, rest. You know, yeah, that's there's, what I got there's, there's, nothing more, the... there's nothing more that anybody, there's nothing more that anybody needs to know about him. You know, he... Let's not forget he is he is a man, and let's not forget he he does have children, you know, and let's not forget that he does have a family, you know, and so let's you know people need to stop taking their own personal gain and you know trying to expose certain things, you know. To me, it's just bad taste. That's why I got so upset with Diane Diamond. Here we are in 2011 at that particular time, and she's still talking about it, uh, you know, at this particular time. You know, it, right. it, the name of the program was Who Was the Real Michael Jackson? And, and, you know, that would be time to reflect on all the positives, not negative allegations which were proven Absolutely. to be false. There's, so, nothing, there's nothing negative that needs to come out any, anymore. You don't need to know about his, you know, about his finances. You don't need to know anything. That's, just, that's personal things. Those are personal things. And, 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 there's a, and to me, you have to respect that. You have to respect him as a man and, and, and respect his family, his kids, you know, and those type of things. 
And, you know, unfortunately, people don't see that. And people like Diane Diamond and things like that, you know, they always drive. I guess, you know, in life they have to have something that's going to make them a name in the world. And yeah, you kept bringing up a book. You know, you know, trying to put book during that segment as I outlined in my book, blah blah blah, and then, then you right. said yeah. it was. Yeah, that's, that's all she was doing. Yeah, that's all she was doing is basically let me let me try to pump up Diane Diamond as much as I can on a grand scale about the man that's known around the world. Exactly, and she had the nerve to say, "I've always, I would always know that I would be around to to, to see when Michael Jackson." Uh, words to that effect, and I'm saying it to myself, did she really just say that? I mean, right. come on now. Is your heart well, that black? <laughs> well, you know, Jordan, they, they, all, they all backtrack. If you, watch the, if you watch the Nancy Grace, she started to backtrack, you know. Nancy Grace called Michael Jackson her friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and and I don't you know maybe she was I don't know you know but uh, when I hear when I hear that accusation when people say uh, that he was he was a friend of theirs my 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 the, the question that comes to my mind every time is well where were you exactly you know there was nobody exactly. there there was nobody there and you pointed out it never landed it was supposed to be. A lot of people, and uh, half of the people showed up. And uh, after he passed, it was like everybody in America uh, loved Michael Jackson. Where were you in 2005 when he was going through the worst time of his life? You know, exactly. those are the people. You know, Jordan, when I went to the funeral at the Staples Center, that was probably the question in my mind. Um, one, it was, you know, I can't believe what's going on, and, and two, where where is all these celebrities that's here? Where where were you at? I mean, there was Absolutely. a few. Don't get me wrong. There's a few that came out of the house, but you know, where where you know you're sitting here crying and everything. But where were you? Right. I mean, it was cool to like Michael Jackson, in according to the media, after he passed, and he had that big beautiful thing at the Staples Center that you were at, and uh, everybody with such beautiful comments, but where were they in 2005 when he needed them to come on the mic and say, this is, you know, I know Michael Jackson, and he's not a pedophile. He's not this. Right, he, right. He, nobody he, came out. Yeah, nobody, nobody came out and said that. Everybody's worried about their own, you know, their own careers, you know, so. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and blame and this and that, but it's just... That's just something that always stood out in my in my mind. Well, I'm glad to have you, and uh, we uh, uh, hope uh, that you will come back again. And uh, thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you having uh, you know taking the time, and, and thank you for having me. Yes, and sorry for a little technical earlier. Okay, Mike. We will All speak right. to you Pretty soon. Good. Thank you very much. Okay. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was the great Mike Garcia. And uh, Monday we will have Miss Adina Howard. Let's uh, leave you with a place with no name. Coming out, Miss Escape. Take care, everybody. This is King Jordan.
uh, at King George, at Mr. King George on Twitter. Take care, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>